0: it's editor jay here uh i'm just hopping in at the start of this episode to say because we don't have an intro because it's part two of the shining just to tell you that you'll get a lot more context of what we're talking about if you watch the episode from last week but you know what it's your life i'm not going to tell you how to fucking live it with that said enjoy sorry i know i keep going on about this book like you know i've read the book well, the book's well, better
1: <laughs> i mean no i only read i only partially read the book and I, and I agree um not that i'm not saying i don't i don't love the movie because there is a lot of there's a lot to love jack excluded
0: yeah it all comes down to jack's self-importance and the fact that he can't handle that it's his family putting his his managerial timber into question in the hotel
1: let's back it up a little bit Dick Halloran is (sighs) the chef here I've already spoken about Dick Halloran when Ellen and I did it the novel okay because he was an easter egg and I was upset then and I'm gonna be upset again because these directors who make these adaptations have a really bad habit of downplaying the Black characters. And to be quite honest, I'm fucking sick of it because these are legends. They're not just throw away Black characters to sprinkle in representation. They are big characters, okay? Dick Halloran in it, save Mike Hanlon's father in the fire at the Black Spot using The Shining, okay? He was in the military. He's, he's a hero. He's a celebrated man. You know what I mean? He's an important figure. Not only that, but he, he gives the shining a name. He gives it, he, he makes it real for Danny. He lets Danny know that he's not alone in this world. How scary for okay. a five-year-old little boy to handle this, you know, this unknown thing that his, his parents obviously don't have and he knows scares them and he knows that he knows things that he shouldn't know and it's already hard enough to navigate a big world as a child and and dick Halloran literally sits danny down and just opens it up for him and not only that he knows what the overlook is and he knows what it's capable of and that danny is in danger and lets him know i am here for you i All you have to do if you're scared is reach out to me. And the Um, fact that they minimize him in this movie really sucks. It really fucking sucks because they don't have to do that. That's another Kubrick choice.
0: And they build him up in the book so much. Like he is, he constantly is saying to Danny, he knows that something's going to go bad because he's constantly thinking at Danny, like, Mm -hmm. are you sure you don't want to come to Florida with me?
1: Yes.
0: And while we're on the subject of what The Shining actually is, I wanna propose a theory. Tell me. Another Stephen King book, The Green Mile. Oh, shit. (laughs) My theory is that John Coffey also had The Shining, like maybe even more powerful than Donnie's is.
1: There's a lot, yeah.
0: But he had a mental disability or something that he couldn't control it properly. So where Danny had like sent a message to Dan Halloran sitting beside him, he was holding back because he knew he didn't want to hurt him.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe John Coffey doesn't know this and that's why he can bring people back or he can make them live for a long, 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 long time but he couldn't control how long.
1: I'm gonna go read The Brain Mile now.
0: It's so good. It's so good.
1: It's just so important, it's just so important because in these books, King uses very colorful language, he does incorporate uh, racial slurs, which is a brave choice that I know that people have criticized in the past. I'm a black Mm -hmm. woman, my opinion in this matter is valid. I, I think it's important. All of the representation is important because we can't pretend that racist people don't exist we can't. To do that is incredibly ignorant. And so I applaud that he tackles it. And I think that he has these wonderful Black characters. I won't get into Mike Hamlin again, but like, goddamn Mike Hamlin is my, just my literary, like everything. Like I just will always go to battle for stuff like this. And like, you know, I don't want to get too much into into the end of this book yet but um they basically and you know this is going to sound really abrasive like we talk shit on this podcast there's a reason why every episode is explicit but this is not anything that has been said here but they reduced him in this movie to a nigger cook that got axed down and that's not okay (laughs) at all Danny and Wendy get out in the end. Dick did not have to die. He didn't have. He to didn't.
0: He didn't in the novel. Like mm-hmm. King, King does use colorful language, but you're, com- I think you're completely right in saying that it is important to show all of history, not just the, not just the clean parts or the, the parts that can be shown on like ABC or something. You know what I mean.
1: Mm-hmm because it's wrong Um, we're talking about a man who 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 is a raging alcoholic dealing with um you know like mental illness and being possessed by angry hotel ghosts
0: like (laughs) and the the problem with kubrick's adaptation and use of that language is that for kubrick this is just a man going and seeing um, yeah. sure there are ghosts but they're using jack's mind
1: mm-hmm. and
0: if they're using jack's mind they're using jack's language mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the book um, it's very clear that the hotel uses the treatment of these people and their trauma um, as weapons because later on in the book at the very end dick Goes back into the shed to get these uh, horsehair blankets uh, to keep them warm on the way down from the mountain, and he steps in and he sees the croquet mallet. And because it's still something that's standing on the grounds, it still has that malevolent spirit inside it. And I will talk about that later because I've got another theory. <laughs> it starts using like the black and white minstrel language of those that sort of era. Um, you know using a broken term of the word master and all of this stuff trying Mm. to goad him or like force him into doing it but because he has the shining he is better against it and it cuts it off but it's using his own voice it's using a warped perverse version of his voice against him whereas Jack's thoughts in the book or in the film are just Jack's thoughts yes there's nothing deeper than that Mm -hmm
1: at all but going on that like instead of just like shit talking (laughs) like all of it there were many many things about the film that I enjoy not that it's two and a half hours long that was not one of them because that's so fucking unnecessary my guy like like, talk about insisting on your own self-importance making that movie two and a half hours long Mm -hmm. but I digress um, after stripping so much
2: out of it and then still having the audacity to make it so long
1: that you want to make it long put some shit in it from the book you know what I mean it's you know it's giving like a more artful uh version of like how I go ham about Queen of the Damned because like literally it's fan fiction it's literally they use the basic concept the character names and then chuck everything out the fucking window and then just go that's what this is, but he does make some really lovely choices. The carpet, <laughs> the, the carpet, carpet. <laughs> sound design, the car.
0: yeah, so so iconic.
1: The music, the blood rushing from the elevator down the hallway Kool-Aid. several times. Yeah.
2: There was so many containers of Kool-Aid in that cupboard that had to have been Kool-Aid. That's my that's my theory. <laughs> <laughs> a theory
0: I, Well, a, f- a horror theory thanks for watching <laughs> I will say for all the use of blood coming out of the elevator the fact that in the book by the end of the book um, Jack's body has become like just this bloody pulp like he looks like, I said this to you earlier he looks like Vecna yeah. from Stranger Things yeah, like even to the stage that he is bashing in his own face so that Danny is, like, looking at him and not seeing his dad anymore. He's seen the hotel, it um, just drenched in blood. Like, he has a stab wound in his back. The blood is pissing out of his head, out of his face. He is just this bloody mess. And we do not get that in the film.
1: Which I feel like we should. All we got was this motherfucker (laughs) limping around with an axe in his hand through the snow yelling, Danny. Yeah,
0: we Mm -hmm. got this motherfucker limping around. We got a whole, like elevator opening up and all the blood rushing out kubrick had the blood handy and he <laughs> chose not to use it
1: cool cool cool. just throw it on him you know what i mean like i I want to talk about wendy again <clears throat> i every time she comes on screen i love it i love looking at her i don't know she just looks like um she kind of looks like a haunted doll you know like she doesn't look like She doesn't look like Jack and Danny and I think that's fitting because in the book she's very much like she feels left out and there's like this connection between Jack and Danny that she's not part of that she feels excluded from so I think that is visually represented there. Her outfits were crazy mm-hmm. pants, but her face and like and like when she runs, like when she runs her little ponytail bobbing, like it's all it's it's striking. I like them Duvall.
0: And she has the she has the same trauma as Jack in the book, like where his father was abusive, her mother's abusive mom. and his is still alive.
1: Yeah, her mom's a bitch. And like they talk about oh, um, you may have to take danny and go to your mom's and she's like i absolutely i can't i cannot do that mm-hmm. i will not she's like i won't let my mom in her mind she's like i'm not gonna let my mom win like because she's horrible like she would think about like oh going to her mom's and like her mom would like fuss over danny like they're bad parents and like rechanges and diapers Dan- as a baby and
0: and danny knows this in his head he think he has seen inside his grandmother's head and knows that she thinks that He would be better with her. And he begs, he begs Wendy not to bring him there.
1: Poor see, poor Danny. Like I would hate to hear people's thoughts, you know, like what people think of you. I don't want to know that shit. Keep it to yourself. I don't know. That's traumatic. That's traumatic by itself. Like, no, absolutely not. I
2: don't want to hear half the things that people have the audacity to say to me to begin with. So
1: I mean, (laughs) I'm (laughs) just Especially men. Like, literally, mm-hmm. I don't want to know. Sorry, Jay, I don't want to know what's on men's mind because most of the time you can just see it on their face. Now, mind my business, I no, think you especially Jack, imagine <laughs> peeling that off and seeing what's inside.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. my God, he's a fembot.
1: <laughs> okay. Austin we'll ours is his emotional support movie.
0: <laughs> All it is. of these... No, it is.
1: These <laughs> characters though like
2: how do you even have a wife my dude like
1: well because
0: in the book
2: him?
1: <laughs> in the book like there there's legitimate love between them you know like mm. he is not perfect you know neither is she and you know yes she thought about divorce but like she saw him changing and you know back then like you know like divorce wasn't <sighs> something to be like <sighs> taken lightly it was when it they make a big deal (laughs) i don't know that she had one of those (laughs) i don't think wendy had a vibrator i was just saying it's not gonna chop your kid up that's all like
2: that
0: is true they they do make a big deal in the book of being like oh they were both they were both raised catholic yeah and just divorce was not in there yeah was not in their vocabulary but she's yeah, was...
2: got married in the first place.
1: So. She, Even... Well, because she wanted to get away from her bitch mom. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. And Jack was the first one to be like, no, you're right. She is saying, don't darken her door. She is counting on you coming back, groveling yeah. to her. Don't do it. Don't give her the opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm. So in hindsight, it feels a little like gaslighty. Like, no, you put her off with me because you're fucking bitch mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> It's like he's
2: Literally. even more of
1: a predator. Like,
2: he's just sorry. disgusting. <laughs> to his the eyebrows.
0: They catch a predator, but no, it's all the there <laughs> He's
2: I'm a fucking predator. Sorry. I'm just like, he's such a disgusting, like, the, I didn't, obviously didn't reread the book. I did read this book when I was a child, which I had a very, when I, when I realized how it ended. Um, and I was very confused with how the movie ended. I was like, uh, this is nothing, why do I not, why is the boiler not blowing up, and then I remember reading the book, but, like, I just, like, he is so disgusting, like, I just, he's repulsive, like, I mean, and good on Jack Nicholson for playing this, so. I
1: told you, though, like, because I always think First of all, I always think how awkward is acting? Am I right? Like, <laughs> it's it's weird. It's fucking awkward. I would be giggling through the whole shit. I wouldn't be able to, but I always say like, there are certain roles if I was an actor, I would not be able to play. I wouldn't be able to play a possessed person mm. at all. Yes. I have reasons. And I wouldn't be able to do like this. Like I, the way he was in her fucking face, that shit was real. She was yeah. actually scared of him, you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't it was, do that. It
0: was, it was real, I think, because she knew that there were men in this life that can possibly do that because mm. one of them's fucking directing this film.
1: That, ew, it's icky. He,
0: he made her do the same film on the stairs 147 times.
1: Oh my God, wait a minute. The scene with the bat,
0: yeah of her swinging it like that 147 her hair was falling out because of stress by the end of this film she almost she almost looked like jack
1: Nicholson. and you know it's so fucked up that scene when that scene was playing that's when i started yelling at the fucking tv okay because I, I and i literally stood up that's when i ta- called him like a, a weird comb over bitch or something like that because he had the little comb over hair flapping in the wind and because i know he was mean to her i don't feel bad about saying it i don't feel bad about his bald spots but the way she was swinging that bat at him i'm like i'm like so angry i'm like the way i would have just cracked him in his fucking shit and then hit him again and again and again, you're not getting back up. You're not coming mm-hmm. for me. And then dragged his ass to the freezer.
0: Yeah. Every, every time I was watching, whenever I was watching that scene, all I could think was of the uh, Simpsons um, Treehouse of Horror of Marge walking in of their 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 cat, their thing of this and Marge walking in. She's like, "What he's written will be an insight into his madness." So there's just one line on the typewriter and just says, feeling fine. So, Jack Nicholson, I'm convinced, is a chimera.
1: I wasn't he's expecting got, that.
0: He's got the <laughs> eyebrows of the drag queen. He's got the ch- tongue of Gene Simmons. Al, you wanted to talk about the tongue acting in this film, right? I
2: have... I've had problems with his tongue multiple times. Like, it's just... It's its own character. <laughs> like, he's, he's having a... a my man is having a conversation there's like waves in his mouth and i'm just i i don't know what to do because it's very distracting like i can't even i can't see the i can't hear the lines
0: i i know there's a good reason for this um because it's not addressed in the film it's addressed in the book is that jack is constantly wiping his mouth with his handkerchief which is um like oh, withdrawal oh symptom. Yeah. yeah. Um, so much so that he, he ends up bleeding from the mouth at one point. Oh, that's when aggressive. He this? Yeah. So him doing the tongue thing, trying to get his mouth um, wet, maybe, or to stave off the thirst is not a... Oh. Is, is great characterization if the character work if the writing was there in the film which yeah. it was not yeah. and that's that's again where i think kubrick lets the form down is that he is more he is more obsessed with camera angles and set pieces than he is with the background and the character work that needs to be put in he is just going bare bones into this and expecting it to be good and it is you know what it is in a lot of ways mm-hmm. it is but it's not as good as King's book. It's just
1: not. It it is just not. And, you know, that can't always be said for, like, book-to-movie adaptations. Sometimes the movie is, like, really, really, really good. But if you choose to stray so far away from the source material, that's a risk you're willing to take.
0: And it's something that happens with Stephen King a lot, like the adaptations of It.
1: Yeah, you already know how I feel about that like
0: every almost every adaptation of it does something it does its own thing
1: I was by the fact that I feel like these things should be done in miniseries and they have been done in miniseries but they need to be done with care with miniseries and like you can do really really great things there and I just feel like the people who are brave enough to like take on Stephen King's work they just make some really bold
0: choices can we talk about my other theory about the overlook? So sure. in, in the novel, whenever the boiler explodes and the place is burning down, Dick sees the shadow shape of a manta ray flying out of the burning penthouse suite and just turning into like turning the smoke in the clouds. I have a theory. That the overlook is possessed by one of these primordial creatures ah, like the turtle that are mm-hmm. like the turtle like pennywise the spider like he who walks behind the rose and i said rose not rose with the W."
1: my favorite
0: i think these primordial creatures are scattered around the country and that they prey on people they, they prey particularly on humans mm-hmm. um and it, i have no other reason to go off other than the manta ray shape and the fact that it is uh animal mm-hmm. um it's an aquatic animal like the turtle and then you have also the wasps mentioned so it's another insect like the even but though it's, it's a heracnid, i know mm-hmm. i know That
1: i wasn't but, gonna like, say that
0: <laughs> that's my that's my theory about well my two horror theories is that john coffee has the shining and the overlook is one of these primordial ancient creatures
1: i really like that because i didn't i didn't finish uh the book and like that's not something that i ever would have put from the movie because there's nothing like that but we're gonna do this again because Al and i we talked about this With like the Dark Tower series, like Stephen Mm -hmm. King has he he builds a very intricate universe. And it really makes (coughs) me wonder if he's like with like without speaking to anyone or like not sharing anything about it with anyone, if he's like a deeply spiritual person. Because in it, you know, they have all of these rituals and things like that. And and he goes somewhere that the normal person doesn't go um and so maybe it's not all his imagination you know what i mean like who knows Mm -hmm. people say things in meditations all the time
0: and like maybe the coke
1: dude he stopped doing cocaine
0: (laughs) he he was doing it when he wrote it
1: he was doing (laughs) it during Cujo.
2: yeah the watching just taking the movie just you want my theory yeah um with just the movie and looking at like Kubrick's story building, it almost seems like the uh, motel is calling anytime somebody's reincarnated. Anytime a spirit decides to walk in a new body, it's called back and it gets dragged in through this process of uh you know getting reintegrated back into the the whole of like the the group in the ballroom or whatever um, because he's like you're the manager you're you've always been the manager you've always been so that's really what it felt like to me was he was that it was just like this big cycle and and obviously Grady went through it but Grady's like yeah I wasn't the caretaker I've always been the butler like Mm -hmm. that's what it seemed like Kubrick was going for
0: and Grady like Kubrick made it very clear that Grady and his family were English because his little girls were English in the corridor and Grady spoke with this very highly educated voice um in the book you learn that uh Grady was a high school dropout Mm. Grady was American um so it's the idea that it's the hotel using these puppets yeah to uh and it, it, it goes throughout the whole book. Like it's, you're looking at, you're looking like um, one of those seeing eye paintings from a different angle and seeing something different every time. Uh, that's what happens is like, you will turn around and it'll be one slice of time and you'll hear voices and um, all these parties throughout the years that the overlook's been open. And then you'll step away and suddenly it'll be gone but replaced with something else maybe.
1: Mm -mm. you literally like you just said something that I feel like clicked it all together like to with it being the you know like beast from the heavens and all that good stuff because you said puppet it's like it's dog body literally the dog body theory that these entities use people you know To Mm -hmm. further their agendas. And it's it feels a little bit like that old thing. I don't know if it's been used in other things, but there's this um comic vampirella. And in these, um, they have these scenes. I used to have a ton of them. It's like my mom's favorite. There would be these scenes where it's like um the god and the devil playing chess for people. You know what I mean? So like they're playing this giant game with meat suits <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: that's and, been in other stephen king books though, too Sorry.
1: yes the dog mm-hmm. body thing
0: and it 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 says in this uh dick says to dick says to uh danny at the end he tells him that the universe is largely indifferent towards everyone towards them um it doesn't want to help us it doesn't want to hurt us it's just there Mm -hmm. and but you challenge that by loving and being loved by other people
1: oh i love that
0: um so it's (laughs) dick loves danny and he tells him that he's gonna take him fishing next summer um and he says i'm gonna be seven and dick says yep but i'll be 62.
1: (laughs) (laughs) dick Halloran is a treasure
0: um, but they have they have this connection and that's very much I think how these primordial forces work. If we look at like the turtle in it, it's, the turtle is really indifferent towards human beings. It just sort of is the opposite of Pennywise and that it's not interested with fucking with people's lives, it's just there, it's just living its existence.
2: So is Stephen King a cosmic horror author?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, has yeah. done, yes. Hands down, yes, because I am writing an essay about this.
1: We've <laughs> done this. this. Jake gets very excited when you bring up cosmic horror. I like
0: uh, cosmic horror. And I think it's, it's like, come a long way from um, that fucking racist in New England.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that, I mean, but that's the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, color out of space. Mm-hmm. Honestly
2: another unhingely character <laughs> dark daddy Dark cage. daddy cage <laughs> we'll just call him dark daddy for short you know I dig jack it. nicholson is dark daddy
0: you know what he you All know right. what he is he's the um
1: right.
0: he's the he's the sidious to uh nick cage's dark theater Oh yes. man!
1: Oh man! Let's make man. this even
0: nerdier. Let's double down on the nerditude. Oh god, the nerditude. Jack, oh, Jack Nicholson just following around in a cage, going "Do it!" No,
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's it's not as gross as the tongue wag. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's I mean, like, that's oh true.
0: man, I'm not sure if I should take this role, and then Jack Nicholson's just behind him, like, "Do it!" T-
1: dude that was you did that so good it's sickening <laughs>
2: <laughs> can i say how i feel about jack yes he is the type of guy that pops inappropriate boners everywhere and always has to tell you his opinion on shit that doesn't matter period
0: he, he does not in here yeah he <laughs> at,
1: at least the, they got
0: that the, the ball the ball thing he's dancing with a lady in like a, a white silk dress and he can feel everything and it's described as he is doing a railway spike like he is rock hard
1: <laughs> i just don't understand and this could be highly insensitive of me and feel free to cut it out but like i could literally rub up on a shirtless store and be fine like can men really not control themselves
0: Listen, have you ever heard the song "No Reason Boner"?
1: No, <laughs> I will take that as a no. Men cannot control themselves. Come on. Yeah, I want to talk yeah. about the wasps really quickly. I don't want to talk about boners really quickly. <laughs> For sure. It yeah. was. It was right around the time uh, I I got like really sick of the book. Um, not <laughs> it was early too. Not like, oh, I never want to read the book or anything like that. But like, I knew we had a time crunch and I was, all I could hear in my head was Elle going, why is he such a long-winded motherfucker? Because he's, he's peeling like the shingles off of um, the overlook. He's reshingling the fucking hotel. He's handy, right? Mm-hmm. And he comes across this lost, dude, he talks about this nest for fucking ever and like mm-hmm. tur- but he turns <coughs> this shit into and like poetry and like like he's lamenting over this fucking wasp nest and it ends with like well i have this wasp nest now and all the wasps are dead and i'm going to give it to my kid because i had one in my room and then the overlook fucks with the wasp nest and wasps literally come out of it and um and sting danny and wendy and i'm just like i can't do this anymore I have to stop reading this book for now, unfortunately. Not yeah. that it's not good, but it's a waspness guy.
2: Yeah, no. Yeah. Do you want I it to sh- be like the wasp and
1: Mandy, though? No. <laughs> I don't. Psychedelic <Like laughs> time. Yeah, that was, it's just, oh God, that's fucking wild. You're like, final thoughts, everyone.
0: <laughs> Who do we prefer, Kubrick or King?
1: King? King. Um I didn't even read the book. Yeah, like I love, I mean, I you know, there are things that I love, but I think that watching this, like this has come up a lot lately. Rewatching these movies as an adult, um, it really hits different because yeah sorry to be a fucking bummer summer but like as a woman in my 30s with like trauma who's been in an abusive relationship literally all I can think of is I want to save Wendy and like just brutalize Jack and his fucking shit (laughs) and like (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and then I'm angry because Dick died so like no I am no while it is a good film I'm gonna be honest I've taken it off the roster. And it's not a movie that I will be watching anymore. I can do justice, justice for Dick. Justice for Dick. Dick to his friends.
2: <laughs> but we didn't want to talk about boners. Sorry. No.
0: No. <laughs> no. 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 It's justice for Dick, not justice for what dicks do. That marks.
1: Huh? So yeah, um, that's that's where I stand, and that's it what Having... is the stand sorry
0: <laughs> that's that's for another time
1: that book is i think it's bigger than it honestly oh but god the stand is so good it's so good it's not for mean... pandemic era though because no. trips is no like it, it is just mm-hmm. too real for me and then there's so many adaptations like that is not something that we will be covering on this podcast anytime soon absolutely not yeah.
2: i think <laughs> i even have comic books somewhere of the stand
1: yeah my co- my copy of the stand is like it's all fallen apart it's like taped back together like ugh, it- anyways
0: <laughs> so this this is the end of july right this is the very last episode we've we've done multiple parts of this and yeah. uh, because it deserved the attention and even at that even after what will probably end up being like maybe an hour an hour and a half whenever we would let down it's still not going to be enough
1: no there's so much more to talk about
0: because kubrick couldn't do it in two hours and we certainly can't
1: no but we're gonna
2: stop here for mental health i will say that when i have nightmares i bark like a dog which he did and he's
0: just like you know so long as you're not he the, did. Dog, I forgot. the dog. It was
2: funny That's true as long as you're not the dog face man because that guy got the the root yeah, end of that everything is, or, that, wasn't that,
1: that scene That in probably, like a music video like that 30 okay. second to Mars video, music video. No, it was yeah. Yeah, of course it was. Of course fucking it was. Terrible, fucking Jerry
2: fucking creep later dude.
0: <laughs> That's probably one of the first instances of um simp behavior. That's <laughs> the dog faced man
1: dude oh god all right i can't even i can't for dog face man rip justice for dog face guy but we are about to enter the best month of the fucking year it's august bitches that means it's my birthday month and that means that i'm picking the next five movies but i'm not gonna tell you what they are yet you're just gonna have to wait and find out Okay, but you can find this podcast on the internet at ghostinthemagazine.site. You can find it on Twitter also at uh, GITMpodcast. And you can find me on Twitter at WitchXPudding. And you can find me
2: at Nocturnical.
0: And you can follow me at Atlas underscore Snow.
2: Okay, bye!